Rainbows and Stopping Domestic Violence. All this and more on the Anderson Observer podcast, news from people you trust for February 20th, 2016. This edition is primary free, so we're going to talk about other things today. As always, the Anderson Observer podcast, news from people you trust, is made possible by Sullivan's at Brookstone, Anderson's best spot for lunch and dinner Thursday through Friday, and lunch from Wednesdays through Sunday. That's right, you heard right. Sunday lunch at Sullivan's at Brookstone, the fine Sullivan foods when you always want it Sunday at lunch. Uh, check them out on Facebook or Sullivan's at Brookstone or Sullivan'sBrookstone.com. If you had not been out there, parking's easy, the food's great, and tell the folks out there you did hear about it on the Anderson Observer Podcast. It has been another great week in Anderson. Valentine's Day kind of blew past us, and it's been almost uh, the end of February now. It is a leap year, so you do have an extra day to plan if you've missed out on anything, but we'll talk more about the leap year next week. The week ahead's pretty busy, though. The Bells Building in downtown Anderson is due to start their demolition on Monday if they show up and the weather looks like it's going to hold up. So get those cameras ready. I suspect this is going to be one of the most filmed downtown events in quite some time. Uh, a couple other plays are still going on in the coming week. The Electric City Playhouse's Grits and the new Market Theater's production of the Fantastics downtown is going on. You can check out their Facebook pages for more information. And, of course, uh, if you missed it, Mills on Wheels just ushered in Mardi Gras. I hope you missed that with a big fundraiser for at, down at the Civic Center this past weekend. As always, if you're looking for a place to volunteer, they could use your help. If it's one hour, five hours, you want to drive her out, pack boxes, give them a call, 225-6800. Don't forget they serve over 600 senior citizens every day with a hot meal who would do without if it weren't for their fine work. March is also bringing in another big professional fishing tournament out at Green Pond as the FLW Tour heads to town. There will be more boats than there were at the Bassmasters, so you know, we're going to look forward to that. Uh, we're going to talk to their organizers and more about that event in the co- next couple of weeks ahead, so stay tuned for that. And St. Patrick's Day is just around the corner, and two groups that are working with the city of Anderson for a really big event on the Saturday before, that's March 12th. That Race the Rainbow event is going to feature a number of races, if you're interested in that kind of thing, but a lot of other events if you're not. So I know you'll you'll want to come down and check that out. I talked to a couple of folks who are key to organizing this event, which is a charity event, and here's what they had to say. I'm Liz Carey. I'm the Executive Director for Pints for the People. I'm Allison Youngblood with First Flight Alliance. Okay, we're here to talk about the big race coming up and the events coming up on St. Uh, well, Patrick's Day event, but it's right. St. Patrick's Day is like a Monday or something, isn't it? I think it's Thursday after. Or, the, or the Thursday yeah. after. Okay. Yeah. I, always, I don't understand why it floats in other holidays. Other holidays, you know, they make them the same day. It's yeah. the 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. Tell me what the, what, the, what the events are and how y'all are involved and why people want to come out. Okay, so we're having a race, Race the Rainbow, and it's March 12th, and Race the Rainbow is in its fourth year. Um, before, historically, it's been a color run where we actually threw actual color on people, but we were switching out of that. And so in order to switch out of those gears, we took on a whole other color aspect. And so the colors of the rainbow are actually going to represent causes. And so our colors this year are 
um, red for heart disease, pink for breast cancer, purple for epilepsy, gray for childhood asthma, and black for law enforcement. So everybody who runs gets to choose a cause that they're running for, and a portion of those proceeds are going back to support these organizations. And so we're bringing awareness and financial support to the organizations. So it's going to be a fun day, lots of people, lots of energy, but at the same time, we're going to be helping the community. Now, there's several different kinds of races, people. It's for every level, right? That's right. So this race, um, actually, we have a one-mile distance, a 5K distance, and a 10K distance. And the 10K is new to this race, and so we're adding it this year. Um, the 5K is 3.1 miles, and the 10K is 6.2 and people can walk. I mean, this is not, not, you don't have to be competitive if you want to participate in this. That is true. You can walk, and we also have added a stroller division. So moms can come out with their strollers and push their kids or whoever they want to push, because a lot of times we have handicapped people who are in strollers or different types of um, wheelchairs. wheelchairs to so they can push those as well. Now, where where is this going to take place? And when does it start? It starts um, downtown, right at the courthouse, the old county courthouse, and we run toward Bojangles, and I think that's south, north. We run, is that north or south? That's, that is north. We're running north, and so we run out, and then we come back as an out and back course for the 5K, and then the 10K actually loops around um, Murray Avenue, so on and around the park, but I don't know the exact street names. When you say Bojangles, you mean the old Bojangles, mm-hmm. the one that's oh, closed? Oh, I'm sorry, yes. Oh, the old Bojangles, people. Yeah. that's true. You so, can tell you're from Anderson. When yeah. You're I'm still <laughs> telling people, you know where Sears used to be? Yeah. Oh, that's when I'm starting to give directions. So, yeah. Bojangles is closed, that is true. So, yes, the old <laughs> Master's Bojangles. Walk up there. Right? Master's Next Walk, to, yeah, there that we go. is true. That's still there. Um, well, hey, do you run in it? I do not run in this race. I do run, but in this okay. one, I'm oh, directing too busy. it. I got you mm-hmm. too busy organizing it. Now, what do people need to do to register? They can register on active.com. If they just enter the credentials Race the Rainbow, it'll pull it up, and they can register there. Or they can come to our packet pickup on March 11th and register at packet pickup. Or race day registration is also available, and race day registration will start at 7 a.m., and we'll be at the county courthouse lawn. And you'll have a Facebook page too, right? We do. First Flight Alliance has a Facebook page, but we also have a um, Facebook page dedicated to the race, and it's Race the Rainbow. Okay. Tell me something about First Flight Alliance. Tell me since that's what you're involved in. That's how you. First Flight Alliance is a nonprofit organization in Anderson um, with a mission to inspire first steps that grow stronger, healthier communities. And so our position is running, our platform is growth. And so we train people to run their first 5K or 10K, depending on what level they are. And then we also host races in the community. And the money that we raise through the participation and sponsorship of the races and the camps, we actually take and put into a program called Operation Active Kids, and we fund children in the community to be active. So they can take dance lessons, tennis, play football, soccer, league sports, whatever it is. We'll fund that activity. We'll get them the gear they need to be successful. And if they even want to attend a camp, then we will fund that as well. So it is all local. This is all aimed at local folks and local. It is local um, now, but we are we do have a mission to expand this out. Right. So. But, I mean, you're serving people in our community. Because yes. a lot of times, you know, you see the big... 
organizations that people don't know come in and the money never gets here. It's oh, yeah. This it money is, goes here. To the Anderson. money is right here in Anderson, and as we expand and these programs exist in other areas, then that will be the same for them. The money that's brought into that area will help that local community. And how did you get involved in this? So... Five years ago, a friend um, sent me an inbox on Facebook and said, want to see how many people we can get to run Midnight Flight? And I said, sure. And so we just started a, a grassroots campaign. Hey, want to train for your first 5K? And that year we had 67 people who trained with us over the summer and crossed their first 5K finish line. And when that was over, people said, hey, we want more, we want more. And so we set up other camps. And so over the that was the start of it, and then we realized that it's something that people want and that we need, and so we um, organized it into an organization. Great. So y'all still have camps and stuff? Or we do. Yeah. Camp Run This Town is what we call the camp, and what we do is we pick a goal race, and we extend back 12 weeks, and then we start training. And so through the effort of volunteers and um, the participation of people, then we train them to run for that goal race. Well, that's cool. Now, Liz, you're, you're part of an organization. You, why don't you tell me a little bit more about Pints for People that y'all throughout the year help with some of these groups that are trying to raise funds for local charities. Give me, give me a little more about Pints for People. Well, Pints for the People started in um, unofficially in October of 2012. Um, Craig Kinley and my husband Mason and um, Gore-Tex Chapman and I uh, all got together and we decided that it would be a lot of fun to have a zombie pub crawl in downtown Anderson. So, All right. Some people know what that okay. is. Some people, what is a zombie pub crawl? So a zombie pub crawl is where people dress up like zombies, and then we go from bar to bar to bar just having, you know, it's just a good time. Some people, you know, do that without, unintentionally. You know, some people look like zombies without putting on makeup. <laughs> right. So, you know. You know um, I've been downtown, and some people come out, and we're like, whoa, <laughs> is this a zombie pub? No, it's the wrong time of year. But um, we decided that we would do it, and, uh, you know, um, we wanted to raise money and we wanted to give it to a cause that was downtown, or not downtown, but in Anderson, that would affect Anderson people. So we decided that everything that we raised uh, would go to the Foothills Alliance. That's a great organization. I don't want to interrupt you too much, but it, Tracy and they do such a great job, and it's a very difficult place to raise funds mm -hmm. because unlike a lot of them where you know clients can get out and talk about what how much help it's a little more sensitive and a little more so that's that's really great i'm glad y'all glad y'all partnered yeah. in so you know that first year we um we probably we expected maybe 20 people to show up mm -hmm. and then we got we're standing out there on the courthouse square waiting for people to come and um we ended up having about 60 people and it was a blast but of mm -hmm. course that year we did like 13 bars, which I will never do again ever as long as I live. But, um, you know, we had a great time. And if you can imagine, you know, 60 people all dressed up like zombies walking across the courthouse square at about 7.30 at night. And everybody who is sitting in Jay Peters having dinner, one booth by one booth by one booth, turned around and looked and was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> so, um, and then we went into Sullivan's and all 60 of us packed into that bar and Sullivan's. So it was a really, really great time. Um, we ended up raising um, $550 that year for Foothills Alliance, which doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, that's um, good money for kids' services Absolutely. that they do. Um, after that, we decided to do a... Um, an ugly Christmas sweater parade, which was kind of the same thing, except everybody had on just really, really ugly Christmas sweaters. And we asked them to donate clothing that we gave to First, Bo ba uh, First Baptist 
church there on um, yeah, on Manning. Uh, yeah, well, the Manning Fant. Yeah, Fant's the back. The back looks like kind of up front too, but it's Manning. But the, they, their address, I think, is Manning, and it's for their their New Year's Day. Right. Good job. Coaching clubs and boy, they do a good job. I don't know if you've ever seen oh, yeah. it. They sort them and have them on racks by size, mm-hmm. so when people come in, it's not just piles of stuff. You know, they oh, yeah. they find kids and have somebody help them fit. And everything. That's pretty cool. That's nice. And they have a um, New Year's Day dinner for the homeless or right. disadvantaged. I mean, it's ham and collard greens mm-hmm. and black-eyed peas and macaroni and cheese, mm-hmm. and you know anybody can come in, but when they come in, they get dinner, and then they get a coat, hats, gloves, everything that they want. So mm-hmm. we ended up donating, um, I think it ended up being like four or five garbage bags, maybe those big 30-pound garbage bags full of sweaters and coats and pants and the whole nine yards. So um, about, I guess probably... Right after that, January, uh, middle of January, we were all sitting down and we thought, you know, this is, this is fun. We're having a good time mm-hmm. and we're doing some good in the community. So we decided to start Pints for the People. There's basically um, local events for local people benefiting local charities. Mm-hmm. And um, then we decided to bring back the St. Patrick's Day Parade, um, which we did. Uh, and then the other thing we have is a... a the Covered Ain't Bear Chef Cook-Off, which all of the, everything benefits the Good Neighbor Cupboard. We get people to donate canned goods, and then we have people come in, and the chefs have to make dishes using what people donate to canned goods. Yeah, that so, was fun. Yeah, there's a lot of it's good, creamed too. corn and, mm-hmm. you know, and peanut butter, the whole nine yards. No, it was really good. That stuff that y'all made was really good, too, mm-hmm. at a bit. Yeah, it's a blast. You know, mm-hmm. you can see whatever people yeah, have. Yeah, the farmer's market. Cool. Yeah. And then the last thing is um, the, the Cotton Ball, which is a New Year's Eve event for, um, it raises money for four different charities. And uh, that's just a blast. How'd that go this year? It was good. It was hard because mm-hmm. the Clemson game took a lot of our people away. Right. But um, we had almost 200 people. Uh, we had the Clemson game on a 17 by 17 foot TV mm-hmm. that was on the wall of the Civic Center. Um, it was a blast, you know. It's always a good time. City Street, or City, yeah, City Street Band is there, um, and then Palmetto Moonshine mm-hmm. sponsors it and does all of the um, adult beverages, and um, that's always fun, you know. And then we had the champagne toast at midnight, so it was a really good time. I think. Um, but also, it's the revival of a historic event here. I mean, when just y'all just decided to do this, this was something that was done here. Yeah. Much long ago. Yeah, the first cotton ball was in 1915, and um, it was a fundraiser for the Salvation Army, and it was just this huge. It was Anderson's first society event, and um, last year, 1914 or 2014, I was um, joking around on Facebook, and Brian Scott had put that under on under the kudzu, <laughs> and I saw it, and I was playing around with it on Facebook and said, oh, yeah, we should do something like this. And the next thing I knew, there was like mm-hmm. 30 people. I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. this would be great. So um, that's just living proof that you just should not <laughs> joke around. Yeah, we had Brian on a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. He's an interesting guy. So mm-hmm. interesting. But now how did y'all get involved, though, with the race for the rainbow? Race the rainbow. Keep race. First of all, why is Skittles not a sponsor of this? I'm so... Oh, that would be a great idea. We need to get Skittles involved in this. If you're going to erase the rainbow, they should be giving y'all some money and banners and mm-hmm. lots of bags of Skittles. And Right. Um, so that's why we changed it from um, Chase the Rainbow right. to Race the Rainbow right. because we didn't want to get a cease right. and desist letter from Skittles I that. because that actually happened with the color run. Really? Mm-hmm. 
That's crazy that that phrase which has been used long before they put it into a commercial ad. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Leprechauns should, should come out from... Yeah, <laughs> throwing Skittles. That would be so fun. Well, they could still sponsor y'all, though. Yes. Then they could put it back to Chase the Rainbow. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, with, with the right amount, we check. could do that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, a nice check. Would, would Absolutely. Ch- All right, now how did y'all get involved in that list? Well, when we decided to bring back the St. Patrick's Day Parade, that's about four years ago, mm-hmm. we partnered up with Allison because it, it just made sense if we're going to do some some things for St. Patrick's Day downtown Anderson that we work together. Um, I guess it was back in 2000 um, John and Dixie John Benka and Dixie McGee Benka um, with McGee's Restaurant they um, had done St. Patrick's Day Parade I think they did it for like six years and then it's just got to be too much in terms of organizing and running a restaurant and trying to get everybody involved so they just it sort of died um and we went to the the mcgee's and said or the bankers and said you know we want to do this uh, would you be on board with it and they said oh by all means yes and um so as we were getting together we thought well if we have the race the color run do mm-hmm. it at the very beginning of the day and then as soon as it's over we do the parade then um it's just a, a, a economy of I guess it could be scale, efficiency of scale, just being able to do all that at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how we got, you know, started. Now we're in our fourth year, too. Mm-hmm. We've been through ups and downs. Last year was a rainy day. Rainy day. Rainy day. So and, um, we had 30 or 40 people lined up to be in the parade, but because it was raining, only about 10, 15 of them showed up, you know, 10, 15 groups. Um, but you know, it was still lots of fun. So if it rains this year, we're still going to have fun. Yeah. And that was one of the things that we, you know, we always talk about it every year that we have it, you know, what we're going to do if this, and and we just decided regardless, we're going to go ahead and do it because it's too hard to reschedule things. And, um, there's a lot more that goes into planning a race and planning a parade than people might imagine, Mm -hmm. you know, getting police officers and, shutting down roads and getting sponsors and getting people to be ready there in the mornings and um so rain or shine i figure if people in boston can show up for a st patrick's day parade in yes. 30 degree weather with rain and snow then people in south carolina can tough it up too of course people in boston think they're in ireland no that's true from the <laughs> yeah. but then, now does the city cooperate pretty oh, good with you on this? yeah yes. that's good they are behind us 100 percent. um they've uh changed the water in the fountains before um, which we still keep trying to do. They provide us with the police officers and stuff like that. Um, they are 100% behind us and have helped us immensely. From everything, mm-hmm. everything from advertising to mm-hmm. helping us with, you know, coordinating things. Um, this year we're fortunate that before the parade and before the run, we'll have some things going on at the library um, in terms of uh celebrating St. Patrick's Day. One of the things they're going to be doing, um, The Quiet Man, showing The Quiet Man with John Wayne. Um, and Margaret, I can't remember her last name. Marie. Margaret O'Hara? Margaret O'Hara? Margaret O'Hara? I was thinking it was, uh, I'll have to look that up. Maureen? Yeah. Maureen, yeah. Oh, yeah. O'Sullivan. Yeah. O'Sullivan, yeah. 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 And, um, Even more Irish. Even more Irish, yeah. yeah. Um, and then they'll have um, Castle... Day, I think, um, an Irish a Celtic group performing here on Thursday before the parade. Um, on the day of the parade, the um, 
uh, of Gamson County Museum will be having um, an exhibit of Celtic crosses, and then they'll also be having a little um, uh, uh, an event centering around the history of St. Patrick and how he got from Germany to Ireland and then got rid of all the snakes and then apparently all the children. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you know, how all of that started happening, how he turned his death turned into an international holiday. Um, Actually, we're not snakes, but he took credit for that. When yeah. he, he said, I got rid of all their snakes. They don't have any snakes there now. They're also going to be putting together a Blarney stone, so you'll be able to go to the museum and oh. kiss the Blarney stone, and um, they'll be doing some kids' programs about le uh, leprechauns, I think. Um, well, Beverly Childs and those folks, they do a great job. we got a great museum here. Mm -hmm. people yes. have, I keep telling people that. And they're like, I haven't ever been. Well, yeah. I mean, in terms of organization and the way things are displayed, I think it's the best in the state. Because every other museum is disorganized, and you get these things that don't seem to go together, and you have to wander around. And look, this is very well organized and very well displayed. Mm -hmm. Oh, for the size of the community that we have, mm -hmm. uh, or the size of the county we have, yeah. it's amazing that it's that we have. Crazy good. Yeah. They get a new roof too. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Finally. Well, you know, all of the stuff that's in there is just like this this little treasure trove of. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm glad everybody's cooperating. Now, that's kind of cool that we've got county and city and y'all and everybody's working together to try to... Yeah, and what we'll do is um, <coughs> that day um, at the parade, you know, we'll have basically these little... Uh, they're almost like <coughs> postcards. <coughs> and um, it'll have all of the bars that are participating, all of their specials, all the restaurants will have specials, um, and they will have it on this card. You fill out the card on the back, drop it off to wherever you go to get the special and those cards will be put into a drawing to get a um, lucky charm um, mm -hmm. donated by Phil's Jewelers. Um, it's just a way to sort of get people involved. We also are going to try and have um, a, a stage where we'll have performing groups up on, you know, to either down near where Ren Park is or um, so people okay. can sign up for that local groups and stuff that want to come down and play. Can oh yeah, yeah, that would be great if they want to give us a, a send us an email. It's at pints for the people, all in one word at um, gmail. Well, that time of day, a lot of people ought to be free if they want to come play or work out a set or something. That'd be a good place to come do it. And we want people to be down here until about two or three o'clock in the afternoon. What has traditionally happened is that everybody comes for the race. Yeah. They stick around for the parade and then everybody I leaves. Mm -hmm. And there's so many great places downtown. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many great restaurants and um, so many uh, the great new shops that are down there from Blake and Blake and Brady to Pizzazz to Phil Jewelers, Chocolatier, uh, Chocolatier, yeah. uh, Kitchen Emporium. It's all great stuff. Gallery three one three. Um, really, really great stuff to look at and, and spend time and spend money at. Um, Let's talk about that timetable again real quick to make it clear to people. What time does the race start? What time does the parade start? I guess the racers are already staggered, right? So the race one mile starts at 8 a.m. 5K and 10K are going to go off together at 8.30. Awards will be 9.30 and 10, and then the parade will come through at 10.30. Yeah, yeah, right. As soon as the race is over, then we go through. Mm -hmm. um, and then as soon as... As the parade goes through downtown, it opens up the streets. Um, and we do that, we have to do that because Saturdays are a big day for retailers downtown. 
And while we want to bring people down there, we also want to make sure that we're not hindering their business at all. I mean, Apple Dumpling um, Saturdays is a great day for them, and we don't want to prevent people from being able to park. Um, same with Remnants. So because the parade goes all the way, it comes up uh, Triple Street and then goes down Main Street to River. Um, we want to make sure that we keep everybody, all of the businesses up and down the street happy as well as... So I always get this plug in. This is a good time to remind people, the parking garage is a great place to park downtown. Yeah. I've watched people ride around and around looking for a place to park, and it's it's close to the restaurants, it's, and it's free, mm -hmm. and it's easy, but people forget about it. Either they think that it's a charge, or there needs to be a big free parking sign down mm -hmm. there or something that reminds mm -hmm. people, because it it's empty most of the time. Oh, yeah. It's a great place to park. And, and if you park in the garage, the great part is that we'll, um, both First Flight and Pinesburg people have vendors there on the courthouse square to be able to... Um, and give it a little bit more of a festive atmosphere. Right. And hopefully, um, we're still working with the city with this, trying to sort of work it out. We're trying to put in a kids' area right there down where Chez Rouge is, where the, right between the, them and the municipal building, there's a little parking lot. And um, hopefully, we'll be able to cut that off a little bit and have some kids' games like um, toss the potato or potato sack races and, you know, d different things that are... Um, not so much Irish in nature, but play off the potatoes and, and that sort of thing. Well, this year you'll also have the giant fence around the torn-down building. Yeah. Hopefully right. they'll have started painting them. You know, the school districts are supposed to paint their vision. They're putting a giant wooden building uh, fence around the demolition of the Bells building. Okay. And there's a big wooden fence. They're going to invite the school districts to bring kids in to paint the, the fences. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be, awesome. be awesome. So, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Hope it's starting to come down 22nd, February, so... The, the downtown has changed so much, um, and it's become so much more vibrant and so well, much. That little Irishman, Bill Onickus, was one of the biggest <laughs> reasons. I mean, he really was the guy who helped kickstart downtown when he built mm -hmm. Sullivan's down there. Yeah, mm -hmm. because yeah. I mean, I'm, I go back when Sullivan's was a hardware store. You know, I mean, and he just did a great job. So, well, it's been great. You know, between the McGee's and Doolittle's and Sullivan's and Mellow Mushroom, you know, we've got. Uh, just all sorts of different stuff, and then you can't um, overlook Summer Joe's or um, right, Mr. Uh, Rivers, Mr. Rivers Breakfast Joint, which is figs. still and figs, mm -hmm. figs, yeah. figs is a great. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have a great day on um, uh, the day that we do our. Mr. Center. Rivers though was a much needed breakfast place downtown because after Big John's closed, there was no place really to get breakfast downtown, so that was sort of a. But um, so um, right after the parade will end at 11 o'clock, we'll try and have some bands and groups and have the play area. But through the day, um, different restaurants will have different activities. Um, Viva Alvino is thinking about doing maybe some sort of Irish cheese tasting with wine or beer. Um, uh, Growler House is looking at doing some different beer tastings from Irish beers. So different people are trying to do a little bit of different things everywhere. We'll have um, coloring sheets that we'll be giving out to the restaurants within the next couple, well, in the next week. Those um, like adult coloring book things? Well, those are all for kids. I guess oh, we could okay. do one for adults too. Although I would, I don't know if I want to see what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, you know, some of the museums are putting out free lithograph coloring things for adults now. You can off online. It's kind of cool. Wow, yeah. that would be great. Copyright do some Celtic yeah, really cool. Yeah. yeah, but um, do the coloring contest for the kids. I guess we could do a coloring contest for the adults mm -hmm. too. Maybe we'll see if we can do that. that. Put that up in the, the windows <laughs> of the um, empty storefronts, but. All right, so we got that's the March 12th we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. What's next for y'all? What are y'all doing next? 
What's after? Your, I know you're all keyed in on this event because it's just a month away now, four, four weeks out or something. So for us, what will be next is Camp Run This Town will begin. We'll start promoting that, and that will begin June 1st, and that will be at that 12-week training for midnight flight race. Oh, yeah. Where do you all train at? We have five locations for midnight flight training. We do Ann Med Track, Civic Center. We have a Belton location, Sandy Springs Track, and a Hartwell location. And so we plan to do those again this year. And then, of course, we have our – we're always planning for Electric City Gobbler 5K as well. So that will be in the fall of next year. Cool. And all that's at your Facebook site? You know, it Facebook's is. Easiest, but Facebook's usually chase you to the website. And it's easier to remember just search on that's Facebook. That's right. And mm -hmm. tell them what to search on Facebook again to so. First Flight Alliance is the business page, and then the race page is First Flight's Race the Rainbow. Okay. All right. What's next for y'all, Liz? Uh, we're really in the midst of reorganizing Pints for the People, and we're trying to do uh, figure out whether we want to do uh, more events with more people or just fewer events working with more other organizations. Right now we're working with um, AFFA, Anderson Area Friends and Farm Association. I think mm -hmm. that's what I got it right. Um, and we're talking about doing our, our chef cook-off during their farmer's market. Um, that way we don't have to have two separate events. We can sort of meld it into theirs. Uh, and that would be for the Good Neighbor Cook-Off, um, you know, Covered Ain't Bear Chef Cook-Off. And then after that, we'll have the the zombie pub crawl um, the Saturday before Halloween. And then we'll have the cotton ball again on New Year's Eve. Um, we are still thinking, we're talking to some other people, um, Darkness Pines and Sweet Dream Scarehouse, that partnered up with us for the zombie pub crawl. We're talking to them about doing um, a zombie run, like a mud run, mm -hmm. but everybody, you either pay to be a zombie or you pay to be a human. <laughs> if you pay to be a zombie, you get to chase the, it's almost like a mud run. I have seen those other places, football. yeah, that's a cool idea, yeah. And then um, we're talking about doing a zombie bike race and do that in May um, as sort of a disaster awareness. Um, so, you know, that's a, there's a lot of different things on the plate. Well, great. Well, I appreciate y'all coming in, talking about this, and uh, hope people get out. And uh, if they can run, run. If they can walk, walk. <laughs> if not, Whatever. just bring your crayons. That's right. Hang out. So. Right. And if they want to, um, we have a Facebook page, Pints for the People, and we have um, St. Patrick's Day Parade in the Electric City is the Facebook page for the parade. And um, if they want to get in touch with us, to be either vendors or um, sponsors or to be a participant in the um, you know, entertainment. It's uh, pintsforthepeople at gmail.com. So you can check them out at Pints for the People's website or their Facebook page or First Fright Alliance. That's that's okay. Anyway, it's St. Patrick's Day. It's March 12th. Uh, the events start early in the morning, so hope to see you folks out there for that. And in case you missed it earlier this week, Anderson County launched a domestic violence task force. Uh, it's with Representative, South Carolina Representative Ann Thayer and Anderson County Councilman Tom Allen are taking the lead. The sheriff, uh, John Skipper, is working on it. And they're putting the, trying to put the county out in front of the state schedule for the new laws to help stem the tide of domestic violence in this state, which uh, the state laws are set to go into place by mid-2017. But Anderson County wanted to be ahead of those laws and to go ahead and begin putting some of those things into place now. As you know, South Carolina is unfortunately the most deadly state for domestic violence. 
And so Anderson County is trying to take the lead and helping other states do the, to take the lead in, in getting these laws in place so we don't have to wait another year and a half to work on this problem. I did uh, talk briefly to Anderson County Councilman Tom Allen and Anderson County Skipper John Sheriff on the kind of things they're doing to prevent domestic violence. Uh, the county Council uh, regarding spouse abuse month that was coming up or domestic abuse. And then Ann and I started talking about this and then the governor's task force, which was put together last year, came up with approximately 50 recommendations as to what we could do in this state to improve our status because South Carolina ranks, unfortunately, number one in domestic abuse on a per capita basis. So Ann and I put our heads together uh, along with the couple of other people and decided we need to sit down and try to figure out where do we stand here in Anderson County? What have we got going on? Where do we need to beef the programs up? I just spoke to, to a lady here by, by the name of Tara and her story is just fits the bill perfectly for what we're trying to do because everything that happened to her, she touched on every aspect of the domestic abuse program, the strengths and the weaknesses. And it brought out a lot of weaknesses because she's been through the entire system from the time the arresting officers arrive at the house to the hospital situation, to the court situation, and then also looking at education and what we need to do in this county to try and improve our status as far as domestic abuse. So she was, I hate to call her the poster child, but every aspect of her story fits in with what we're trying to cover. The task force next, uh, myself and, and uh, uh, Representative Thayer, will sit down um, and try to divide this up into smaller chunks. It's like the old saying, how do you eat an elephant? And it's one bite at a time. And the domestic abuse program is a, is a huge program because it has so many facets to it. And we're going to try and set, and set down and break this up into some of its smaller segments. For instance, education. What do we need to do going into the schools to try and put the point across to, to the children in school that domestic abuse is not a good thing? It's not something you should be doing. Some of the students have seen their, their parents in abuse situations or mom and her boyfriend in an abusive situation. Uh, there's, there could be a sexually abusive situation. So we want to look at the schools. We want to look at what law enforcement's doing. There'll be a segment there. How do they handle it? How does the 911 center handle these calls when they come in? How does the hospital, the medical side of the house, handle the situation when the, when the victim is brought to the hospital? So those are just a few of the categories we want to try and break down and there may be some others um, along with working with some of the nonprofit groups here in Anderson County uh, such as Safe Harbors and Foothill Alliance, Foothills Alliance and so on and see if we can, can get all of these groups together and come back with a really good program for our county that will fit in with what the governor's task force came up with last year. We're hoping now, I know, uh, I think York County is already doing some work on this and uh, uh, we, we've already kind of been in contact with them to see what they have and have some of their information. But yes, we get our program going here and we will be at the forefront of, of the 46 counties here in the state. Domestic violence in South Carolina has always been an issue uh, over the years. We in law enforcement, uh, that's one of the worst cases that we can go on because usually you have a, a victim that's been uh, brutalized and then you have a suspect there and a lot of times when we get in the incident the officer is having to deal with both people because then the victim then becomes aggressive too. So we've always had a concern with how our officers handle domestic violence issues. 
As you know, the governor has formed a task force, and locally here, Ann Thayer has sponsored, along with Tom Allen, a task force for just Anderson County. Across the state, Rock Hill has started a, a pilot program based on some of the recommendations that the governor's office has put out. And so we, with the Sheriff's Association and being on the board of the Sheriff's Association, have uh, mounted up a process where we're going to take the recommendations from the task force, from the, from the governor's task force, and we're going to try to implement those across the state. So everybody be consistent in law enforcement. So my first step here in Anderson County is, is I've given those recommendations to our training division, and our training division is going to start integrating those type things into our training of officers that we do every quarter. There's a longer version of this interview on video, uh, which can be seen on the new county TV station which is up and running and adding new content every week on Channel 193 Charter and soon set to be launched live streaming on the Internet, so you can watch it 24-7 there. You want to check that out. Uh, we also talked to a, a woman who showed up for the meeting who had a, a powerful story about domestic violence in her life and how she had worked to try to get her and her children away from that. But we do appreciate uh, Representative Ann Thayer and Anderson County Councilman uh, Tom Allen and Anderson County Sheriff John Skipper for taking the lead and not sitting back and waiting for state laws to go into place, but to be aggressive and help and fight this problem. Uh, speaking of cable, uh, the news this week that the FCC has paved the way for ending mandatory rental of cable boxes, something that's long overdue. Uh, you'll be able to shop around for a new TV set-top box if you want, rather than being forced to pay anywhere from 8 to $20 a month, sometimes more, to rent it mandatorily from the cable company. It's kind of a bit of a throwback to the day when the telephone company charged $5 a month to rent their phones and wouldn't let you use third-party phones, which led to some people paying literally thousands of dollars to rent their phone over several, several decades. So uh, it's good that the FCC is moving forward. This should be good for all of us. So I uh, hope that helps, that information helps you. Another group is trying to deal with violence in another way, and they're meeting on Tuesday at 6.30 in the council chambers of the Anderson City Hall and it's a Stop the Madness community conversation on the culture of violence. So we appreciate all the efforts in, in, in towards that and, and the work that they're doing there. Coming up a little bit uh, later, starting on the not this coming week but the next on March 3rd, which will be here before you know it, is there's going to be a candidate forum sponsored by the Anderson County Chamber, Anderson Area Chamber of Commerce for South Carolina Senate District 4 seat. And it's going to be at 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Tucker's Restaurant in Anderson. Uh, the candidates for that seat, which is going to replace the seat uh, vacated by Senator Billy O'Dell, whose untimely death left that open. Good, he was a good friend of Anderson. The candidates running for that seat include, uh, and they will be at the forum confirmed, are Rocky Burgess, Willie Day, Representative Mike Gambrell, Tripp Padgett, and Mark Powell. Tickets for the events are $12 in advance for chamber members, $15 for members at the door, and $20 for the public. So it's, it is a paid event, but it is sponsored by the chamber. Also on March 3rd, Clean Start, a good organization downtown that works with hygiene and it's a resource center for those in need in Anderson are hosting their ninth annual Scoop Some Soup Day. And that's March 3rd. It'll be from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at their location at 219 Townsend Street. You can get chillier vegetable soup along with cornbread and crackers, dessert and tea. And the price is $7. That's pretty cheap. And all the proceeds, 100%, go to Clean Start. You can call 716-0766 for details and or tickets. And don't forget, they serve between 95 and 120 people each week, offering showers and laundry service and referrals to other services in Anderson for their clients. This is their only fundraiser each year, and you can look them up on Facebook if you want more information. Well, that's about it for this week's Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. 
Hope you'll make plans to attend that race for the rainbow event coming up March 12th. Go ahead and register now, early bird registration. And I also hope to see some of you downtown with a camera in hand or just a box of tissues to say goodbye to the old Bales building as they demolish it next week. We'll be back next week with interviews with the president of the South Carolina Horsemen's Association who's talking about how well she felt like the event went here, recent event at T.A. Garrison, the first statewide South Carolina Horse Expo they've had here and her plans to return. Plus, a story on big plans at the Anderson County Museum that you won't want to miss. Until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place. Thank you.